Stupid fucked up, wicked high Don't you ever just wonder why We didn't learn the true history But now they're about to teach you and me I'm Abby. Welcome in. I'm Liv. That's a nice pen you're sucking on there. What do we got? It's called Cherry Express or something. What is your thing with cherries and like almond extract? Okay, I'm going to be honest. I had this weird issue as a child where, (laughs) not an issue, I wouldn't say issue. I don't remember what they're called, but... Every like '90s kid is gonna remember this. They came in a little the box, Lugans, little white box. Lugans or Lugans, Lugans or whatever. Lugans, yes. And there were cherry, and there were the circle, and there for if you had a cough, also known as cough drops. Oh yeah, a cough drop, whatever. But as a kid, I was so obsessed with these that I would pretend I had a cough so I could eat them. And I like remember as a little kid, like taking the box from my cupboard and going upstairs and just like eating them continuously and i would suck them enough until i could chew them <laughs> and then i would eat them and i'm the one with the fucked up teeth yeah and i just be like <laughs> yum this is amazing i would think they're like candy and then my dad would find me and he'd be like what the fuck are you doing wow it's like they're so good tangent number one you got cherry weed in your pen i've got this joint. yeah i'm gonna be honest i have smoked quite a bit of this already today <laughs> and oh, really i couldn't like tell. medicinal weed is a whole new ball game from oh, like the homegrown so privacy backyard shit you get from your neighbor who lived like two and a half doors down from you your whole life. So different. This is our podcast, but you know that by now, if you're still well, here. Well, no, unless they just like stumbled upon us and they were like, let's start in the middle because why the fuck not? Who does that? Weird. I have done that. I don't know. I shouldn't judge it. Yeah, I shouldn't judge people based on their podcast listening habits. That's really not cool. They can do whatever their heart desires. But we talk about (sighs) women in history who got left out. Or like, at least we definitely don't know about them. Yeah, we shouldn't say they got left out because all for all we know. Yeah, maybe they were your distant relatives. So you grew up and you learned all about this person. Or you have to think about depending on where you grew up in the US or the world where things did happen i mean we all know the history of the united states where they left a lot of stuff history is written by the white male winners yeah it's always written by the winners and the winners are only the people that won because they have more money and more muscle not necessarily that they're better they're just and now the losers are gonna talk about it while they smoke weed and sit in their house and hopefully Make a bunch of money off it. So. <laughs> or raise awareness. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. But money would be nice. I mean, what money would be nice. I am struggling. I've been without a job for a while now. You've been without a job for a while. <laughs> if I could get paid to just sit and fucking spew my opinions about shit, let me tell you. I don't know how you're doing this. Every day that's a new day that I wake up and I don't have a job to go to. I seriously think about you and I'm like, how do you fill this void? Do you feel heavy and stuck and like purposeless yet? No, not 
not yet because I have school. It will come. Yeah, it's boring to say the least. COVID has learned, taught me to, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, keep sucking on that pen there, Babs. Yeah. But I've had this topic up on my browser since I watched the movie that just, it came out probably like a month and a half ago on Netflix. And literally, it's an odd movie, the film. I believe it's called Ma Rainey, the story of... I haven't seen it, but I've seen the thing pop up. Yeah, yeah. And like Viola Davis plays Ma Rainey. It's fucking amazing, but it's weird. So the movie is like two hours long, but literally it's just about one day, if that makes any sense. Usually, I don't know, when I watch a movie, it's about- Months and years. Over a time span, yeah. And this was just literally about the first time she recorded in a studio. That's kind of like that Nicolas Cage movie that we saw where it was like a whole week. What Nicolas Cage movie we go to that sucks? Have we ever been to a Nicolas Cage movie together? Yeah, we went to the St. Anthony Main Theater. Oh, Remember? you're talking about uncut gems and that's Adam Sandler, my friend. Oh, I don't know. They both honestly suck in my opinion. I, <laughs> they, do, a- they do! They do! They do! Like, I hate them both. <laughs> Actually, not really. I would say I hate Nicolas Cage just a teensy bit less because of National Treasure. And I hate him in it, but I like the concept of National Treasure. National Treasure is America's treasure. Yes, it's a great film. Because it shows you that you can literally steal anything from the government and they don't fucking care. They're literally like, oh, this white guy is coming in here? Pfft. Whatever. Let him steal some shit. Have you watched that new show that he's hosting on Netflix, The History of Swearing or something? We've been deep into forensic files lately. Stop. Really? What's that like? Is it stories retold and then like they act it out? Yeah, they like kind of reenact it, but then they actually have live footage from interviews. So it's all based on real shit. Yeah, 100%. It's really cool. Check it out. Wow. Should we should we dive in? Cool. Well, uh, why don't you tell me all about okay, it? Okay, cool. I'm just going to like organize my screen so I can see you so I'm not talking to myself. I, think I was saying that to my friend Hannah yesterday. I was like, bro, I need an audience. She was like, what? I was like, I don't have an audience anymore. And that shit kills my spirit. Yeah, you are a, a theater junkie at heart. Yeah. Every table was a stage, bro. Back when I was a server. There was one night where I did a different accent at every single one of my tables in my section. I'm not fucking kidding. Pretty sure I got like progressively drunker during the shift. And so by the end, I think I was just talking in a Texan accent or like a Southern, like Southern draw. You no, know? you should have done your New York accent. That just comes out naturally when I'm drinking though. Yeah. So. That's like right before the tap dancing. Then, you know, things are interesting. Ready? Okay, are we doing it? Hold oh. on. I know this has been rantful, but when COVID is over and we can like do things again, I'm thinking of becoming, I'm thinking of doing belly dancing and then I'll be a tap dancing belly dancer who can also spin fire. <laughs> would you hire me to be at your wedding as fucking entertainment? What? No. When would you have that? During dinner? This is a very hot thing right now that people are doing though. They're like, they're hiring like belly dancers. At their wedding? Yeah. It's like at, when you're at a music festival and you walk into and see the fire throwers because you're fucking on acid and you're just like, I need something to watch right now. It's dark and like, this is trippy. Are we just going to do a bunch of acid at my wedding? Just I'm not going to not do acid at your wedding. That's for sure. No. Not at the wedding. You do acid at, like, the bachelorette party. Okay, go ahead. Tell me all about... Who are you? Lucille. I'm doing Lucille Bogan. Or also, if you want to know her pseudonym, Bessie Jackson. Because 
Everyone has to change their name in the 20s. That's a thing to do. Wait, doesn't she have an HBO show about her? Bessie? What? Not or Bessie. Is that Bessie Jack- Smith? That's Bessie Smith. Yeah, oh. no. D- yeah, don't get them confused. So Bessie Smith and Bessie okay. Jackson are two different people. Lucille, I won't call her Bessie throughout the entire thing because that okay. just gets too confusing. Her real name is Lucille. Got it. So she was born Lucille Anderson on April 1st. She's an April 1st baby in 1897 in Armory, Mississippi. Okay. And then, so the hard thing about Lucille, which is why her story is so short, is there is not a lot about her. Every little thing. Oh, I went on so many places. So I was on Wikipedia. I was on this place called allmusic.com, encyclopedia.com, syncopated times, like a weird times article, opinion articles and all this shit. IMDb even. And there is very little about her. And a lot of it like contradicts with each other. So I think she did a really good job of just keeping her life very private, which is kind of awesome because she's really well known in the blues community. I have a contradicting insert for that. I ran into the exact same issue with my chick. Lots of conflicting accounts of her life and information. And honestly, dude, like I'm going to be nothing but the truest and realest here. I think it's because nobody gave a fuck about accurate information when it came to black females. Like, who gives a fuck when she was born? That's true. Who gives a fuck? Talk about who she married and where she okay no yeah that's totally true because you have to think this was in the 20s and 30s she was a black no woman. what you're talking right now so she was born in 18 1889 so we're talking like 1900 1897 so almost into the 20th century but she you have to think about that she didn't really like strike it big until the 20s yeah and like even when she struck it big there's still very little about her which i agree so not only is it i think you're right it is probably because she is a woman she is black she is from mississippi and then to make matters worse at some point through throughout her life I think it was when she was very, very young. So I would say like before she was four or five, she moved to Birmingham, Alabama, which is not any better than Mississippi. So like we said, just basically nothing. We hear she moves to Birmingham at some point in her life, and then we don't even hear again about her until 1914. So that makes her 17. So her whole childhood, we just know nothing about her. And then she's 17 and she gets married because that's what you do apparently in the 1900s to a guy named nazareth lee bogan and that's how she got her last name so then she now is lucille bogan that's a weird name yeah he has a weird fucking name i think it was a very like forced marriage because they ended up having just one kid nazareth jr okay but then i did have some articles say that she had two kids see nobody has accurate accounts yeah I only found, like, actual information about the son. But then there's, like, rumors that she had another kid. But we don't know anything about it. But then she divorced him two years later. So she literally was married for two years and she's like, fuck you, bye. Like, I'm done. So then now, she's still in Birmingham. She's divorced. She has her kids. And she's starting to get into the underground music club scene she's trying to figure out what she wants to do with her life and she starts writing and making music and in birmingham they had this huge underground music club scene so then, like night would fall and things would get nasty and there'd be like <laughs> like it would get into this like sexy little club scene and people would be like getting real risque and doing a bunch of random shit and she started to perform in these clubs and we also have to realize that were they like burlesque like a burlesque no, 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 situation no. or was sing. she just singing she would sing, she would sing. okay 
Because we also have to think about this is like around the time prohibition is happening. So these are like very like underground speakeasy type things. And absolutely. Yeah. And she instantly was noted as a very provocative singer because she the way they described it. And I love this. They were like, oh, she's singing about a lot of topics that are not appropriate social behavior. So she was singing about drugs and alcohol and sex and adultery and prostitution and i need to ask you about this i don't know why a lot of my sources used this word but they kept describing it as lesbianism dude i literally touch on this so keep going with this and we're going to circle back during my okay okay so do you know a little bit why they kept using that term yes okay because i when i read that term i was like ew it's not like a illness what the no but basically like they're attesting these women were the foundation of the lesbianism which is what they refer to it movement of the 1970s this is like they were the catalyst for like a ton of the music and the art and the culture that was founded around this queer well because that's what it said is that she at the beginning she really she didn't do a lot of it she still censored herself a lot so instead of saying like prostitute she would say they and you know like so she was alluding to it but she wouldn't actually say the words so this is her first album so all of her work is separated into three different volumes and they were called the Lucille Bogan volumes and the first one was between 1923 and 1930 and this is her most subdued where it's just insinuating out all this stuff and then she Mm -hmm. has from 1930 to 1933 is when she's starting to realize i'm gonna fucking push these boundaries whatever and then her third one 1934 to 35 that is when she was like fuck the world i am just gonna like use the most provocative language i know she just basically it mm-hmm. sounds like she just wrote shit down on a piece of paper and like just stream like, of consciousness yeah, yeah 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 and that's what they said that it kind of felt like is that she got to the point where she just was spewing words wow. and they just happened to be so magical and like put together and just perfect and also very disgustingly like risque well, and it's right and it's this time of like it's prohibition like you said people are pent up people are angry people are controlled there's wars going Mm on world war one is going on world Mm -hmm. war two is about to go on there's just a lot of emotion that comes with it so this is like this first authentic raw Mm -hmm. artistic release and that's what it is it's literally that's crazy her and a piano she does not have a whole band ever in a lot of i was listening to her music actually really yeah i was listening to her music all afternoon because i wanted to like so that's a huge difference then that's a huge difference between your chick yeah. and my chick because she always had a fucking band oh dude. so you know and her always. music is very very raw it's staticky and she it sounds like she's like in her back room on some like jimmy rigged mic just like reading spoken word with a little like melody behind her and definitely smoking weed Oh, for sure. She was probably like drinking so much fucking whiskey and was just all, yeah, wonderful. Okay, so now I'm going to dive deep. This whole time she's in Birmingham and then she gets an opportunity to move to Chicago and she starts to record for Paramount and Brunswick in 1927. Shut the fuck up. That's where literally the my chick recorded her first yeah so this is when she starts meeting your girl and then the other woman who's now her name i'm blanking bessie smith yes bessie smith that's the trio because these three were all 
kind of they were the three women that just gave zero fucks and they were like we're gonna just write some really amazing music and we don't care if it offends you because whatever so i really think this is the time it didn't say but i want to say that this is probably the time that she met your girl and bessie smith and started to see what they were doing in the big city and was okay well and the thing about the music that they were leaning into like this blues movement i think there was this sense of uniformity because mm-hmm. of the times, because of the era. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but I found a, in the audience, it was white people. It was black people. It was, it didn't yeah. matter. Yeah. It was blues was very all people. Yeah. Well, and another thing too is blues was already considered the risque music at the time. Blues right. was a very emotional music that you didn't really listen to before. That really right. evolved at this time where people were like, we have feelings and we are upset and we love right. to just get wasted and have drunk sex and like go do all yeah. this stupid shit. That's when she starts to like really take off and people start recognizing her she starts filling out crowds she starts performing in front of audiences and then this is where her second volume starts to evolve where she starts realizing i have this platform and i can say whatever i want because people are gonna let me record anyway so why the fuck am i censoring myself so she starts to write songs about how sex work is being negatively affected by their depression she's pointing fingers at what the depression is doing to this culture and the whole music industry she starts to write about how women don't need to be submissive to men and actually don't need men at all and that they can Mm -hmm. be self-sufficient on their own and in fact even be with other women and be better Mm -hmm. off than being with men so then this is when she starts this is when it says she starts getting into the lesbian lover scenes and she starts writing all these songs about women being with women and that beautiful raw love and how men pretty much suck and you can just kick them to the wayside and she's starting to get that mentality in her writing and then at some point i don't know when this happens but it she like marries a new guy named james spencer and i don't know anything about him and it just randomly is like she remarries this guy who listen to this is 22 years younger than her damn well and you have to think about it's the 30s now so she's what at most 40 40 years old she basically married a child which is okay. I guess whatever. You it's do. It's called girl. a second act in life. Yeah. And some people get them and some people don't, but But she got them. Sometimes you get a second chance. Yeah. And she found Mary her love with James Spencer. When you're, yeah. Dude. Oh, she was getting full oh, yeah. for her. Have you ever seen The Graduate? Is that a movie or something? Yes. It's like from 1967. It's old. It's an old movie. But it's basically about this high school graduate that starts fucking his life. I don't like, really like old movies. I know I'm like weird, but I just don't. You should watch weird. this movie. This is what I picture when it's talking about like her and James's marriage. Because this beautiful divorcee mom that's sexy and sings about provocative stuff and like does all this shit and he's a young impressionable child so she was beautiful lucille she was a beautiful woman i mean i think so i think she's gorgeous for the pictures i think she is it doesn't like say it wasn't like men are oodling over her but i think she was very pretty she had very nice eyes i want to know what she looks like why don't you just google her while i'm talking 
Okay, yeah, I'll Google her. But okay, so tell me, yeah. Well, tell I me, mean, yeah. tell me what's up. Don't I guess don't look at her teeth though, because you have to think about this is the twenties and they didn't have dental shit, so she has some bad uh, teeth. Trust but... me, my chick has terrible fucking teeth, and it's because they all drink fucking Coca Cola, which at the time had actual had real coke in it. Yeah, they were probably doing drugs. They were drinking copious amounts of alcohol, like they were doing it all. Don't blame the girl. She can do a soft smile, and she's beautiful. Live fast, die hard drive yeah you do you okay so now we are in the 30s and it doesn't exactly say when but sometime between 1930 and 1933 she moves to new york because she gets offered more opportunities as a singer there Mm -hmm. and there she meets this man named walter roland and he is a very famous pianist she meets him and she's like I want to make some more music. It's going to be really out there and provocative Mm -hmm. and some unheard of stuff. And he's like, Mm -hmm. yep, on board. Let's do it. Let's make some music. Right away. And she, yep, right away. And she changes her name to Bessie Jackson. So now she goes by Bessie Jackson when she's recording. And her and Walter make over a hundred songs together. And yeah, and it was so cool that it was saying that it got to a point in their recording that they couldn't quite tell where her ideas ended and his ideas started. They were just That's so beautiful. in sync with each other and making such beautiful music. And it said this is where it started to get into that like, spoken word. Her and Walter were throwing shit on the paper and then she would read it and they would record it and they would be laughing, joking around and it was like very fun and it was not formal. They just kind of did a first or second take and they're like yep sounds good let's fucking slap that on a record let's do it very fun so the thing why she changed her name is they're not sure if it was to cover up her previous identity to disassociate this album from her other two because it was such a drastic change and it was so provocative people were appalled there were some people that listened to her music and were like oh she said what oh my god yeah they don't know if she did it to like keep her previous music at that pedestal and just whatever this her final album she recorded it and then for whatever reason it doesn't say but in 1935 she just stopped 1935 and she was just like no more i'm done don't want to record anything i'm just gonna like fade into the distance and i never want to look back i have my creative like juices They flowed out of me and we're good. Yeah, so there's like a tiny bit of rumors. Her son had a jazz group and they're saying that she managed for them, but there's no concrete evidence about it. It's just all kind of rumored. And then she picked up in like 1938-ish and moved to California and lived in Los Angeles. And then another conflicting evidence is it says we have the day she died. She died August 10th, 1948. So she was almost 50 or 58. 51 yeah she was 51 young some of them say she died of a from coronary sclerosis but then also there's a source that said she got hit by a car so very different i really don't yeah that's lucille she wrote some bangers shave them dry just listen to just listen to a couple of them just wonderfully written and yeah and that's lucille bogan and her musical history i'm excited to listen to that yeah it's cool stuff so cool now i want to know about your blues girl because 
Well, so Ma Rainey came just a little bit sooner. She came a little bit before. Same era. We got all the same players. I'm sure they crossed paths. I got all my information from Wikipedia. And I also watched the Netflix film back when it came out. I'll have to get the title of that. I don't remember what it is. And I'm high as fuck and I don't want to look it up. I'll look it up for you. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. That's it. That's it? Viola Davis. Yeah, with Viola Davis. Oh, and Chadwick Boseman. Oh. Rip, man. Dude, it's really good. Her name is Ma Rainey to the public, obviously, um, but she was born Gertrude Pritchett. She was born allegedly between sometime between 1882 and 1886. There's conflicting census documents and hospital oh. records. So there's two different dates listed. Okay. So, like, right off the bat, imagine having this, like, it has to be a, a loss of identity and sense of self because, like, you literally don't know how old you are. You don't know when you were born. You don't know when your life yeah. started. You're unsure. Nobody can actually tell you. She goes ahead because she's a motherfucking Aries and she affirms that her birthday is April 26th, 1886. That's the year she's going with. I believe that's an Aries. Which like obviously if you had the choice between like a later year and an earlier year, you'd probably pick the later year to make yourself think that you were younger, right? I don't know. I would. Yeah, I would too. I definitely would. So she was born in Columbus, Georgia, but again, we run into, according to the 1900 census, however, her birthplace was actually in Russell County, Alabama. So this is where I inserted, which is kind of what we talked about at the beginning of yours, is that, like, bottom line to me, it seems that nobody really knows because nobody really gives a shit about properly documenting a black woman's identity. Like, that's not on their fucking radar. That's not a priority. Well, and you have to think about this is not far after the Civil War. Right, right. So she was the second of five children total. Wow. Her parents' names were uh, Thomas and Ella, and they were from Alabama originally. Wow, I knew nothing about Lucille's. Yeah, there was a little bit. This was bare minimum, and this was on Wikipedia. So yeah, like, anyone could have posted Take that. it with a grain of salt. But, so she had at least two brothers that we know of, and a sister whose name was Melissa Pritchett Nix after she got married, and people often mistook her and her sister. I guess they looked really similar. So when we end this podcast, and you go to watch the movie with Max, because uh-huh. I think Max would also yeah, enjoy I'm definitely- it watching it tonight <laughs> you'll see that this woman is she is not and this is why i was like is your girl attractive because she ain't a pretty lady wait she's not she's rugged i'm gonna say she's rugged. maybe i'm giving lucille the benefit of the doubt maybe she's not the prettiest or maybe that i know i don't but know but you have to think about our concept of beauty and concept of pretty has drastically been changed over the course of these centuries this is very so true we need to think about the 100 or 200 years ago a booty and boobs and not being a size mm-hmm. zero was like mm-hmm. the sexiest thing alive and now people are like uh, if i can't see your ribs you're ugly it's like fuck you oh my god uh so she was a member of the first african baptist church and that's where she started performing in a black minstrel show oh she later claimed that she was first exposed to blues music around 1902 okay okay so that's like almost in her 20s yeah because she started performing when she was like 12 and 14 so we'll just say 13 yeah that's so cool and so eight years later we're in 1910 there was an increasing demand for recordings by black 
black musicians, right? People were just into this fucking music that they were hearing from black musicians. Ma was described as Mrs. Gertrude Rainey and was embraced by both black and white audiences Pause. of the time. Where did she get Rainey? Where'd that come from? It's coming. I'm rolling into it. She gets married to this dude. Oh, yeah. I guess I did that a little bit out of order. I apologize. It's okay. I'm high as fuck. And so Ma Rainey said she found blues music when she was in Missouri one night performing, and a girl introduced her to a sad song about a man leaving a woman. Rainey also said that she learned the lyrics of the song and added it to her performances. When asked what kind of song she was singing, Ma claimed she created the term blues really allegedly so gertrude pritchett also known as ma rainey began performing as a young teenager we covered that she became known as ma rainey after her marriage to will quote-unquote pa rainey and that was in 1904 okay so that was right after she like first discovered the blues she meets him. He is a blues performer. They performed in the Alabama Fun Makers Company together. But in 1906, they both joined a much larger company. And then they like traveled around and they would do blackface song and dance comedians. And they were like Jubilee singers, cakewalkers. There was all these super fucking racist terms. Like they called her like, you know, the coon shouter. What? So she would call herself and they would call their act that or like other people? They would, yeah. Like they would advertise themselves as like, I think it was this era where like you said, it was right after the Civil War and they're in that era of trying to take the power back or embracing those terms. I don't know. Is that some white shit that I'm on right now? I don't know. I honestly have no idea. And I need to do more looking into it. Yeah, I don't know. I'd be curious. Eventually they like detach themselves from that entire thing though and they create their own little minstrel group called rainy and rainy assassinators of the blues okay are you saying instrumental or minstrel Minstrel. like minstrel groups like you know like performers people who would show up and like put on a little show okay i was gonna say i honestly don't think i've ever heard minstrel before. it's like medieval you know okay cool like the snot group at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival. Yes, dude. Those would be considered minstrels. Okay, cool. Well, so she started her own little group. So yeah, they start their own group, and that's what it's called. Fucking Rainy and Rainy Assassinators of the Blues, which is just like badass as fuck. That's also a mouthful. Like, my God. So Ma and Pa Rainy, they like tour. They end up adopting a son that they meet like on the road. His name's Danny. And Danny like joins their act. He plays, I think, the trumpet in their group eventually the rainy separated from one another and she i mean she grew into the one of the earliest black professional blues singers and one of the first generation of blues singers to record in a studio which is like insane she was doted the mother of blues she bridged earlier vaudeville and the authentic expression of southern blues influencing an entire generation of blues singers people that we know of now like janice joplin for example sings in the style that would be considered like ma rainey it's a very powerful vocal ability it's an energetic disposition it's majestic phrasing and she had this like moaning style of singing right so her first recording was made in 1923 Oh, wow. So literally right as your chick is coming up too, 
with Paramount Records. That's where she records her first album. Oh, cool. And similar to Your Chick as well, in the following five years, she recorded over a hundred recordings. So amazing. A third of which, she wrote a third of her own lyrics. Like, she was a motherfucking songwriter. Yeah, that was the same with Lucille. Lucille wrote every single song that she recorded. Just a musical genius. Like, pretty much. But cool. So she's recording. She did a bunch of shit. So, yeah, she records with people like Thomas Dorsey, Louis Armstrong, and around this time, she meets Bessie Smith, a yeah. young blues singer who was also making a name for herself. A story later developed that Rainey kidnapped Smith, what? forced her to join the Rabbit's Foot Minstrels, and <laughs> taught her to sing the blues. The story was disputed by Smith's sister-in-law, whose name was Maud, which I just thought was hilarious and had to throw in there because I fucking hate that name. Maud. 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 She sounds like the blandest human. They become so close that rumors begin to circulate that their relationship was possibly also romantic in nature and that Smith bailed Rainey out of jail one time. Pause. What is that syndrome where you become in love with your captor? Oh, Stockholm Syndrome. Yes! Oh my god, do you think Bessie Smith had Stockholm Syndrome and that's why it was romantic? Because Ma Rainey was like, I'm a psycho, I'm gonna kidnap you! And then they like fell in love over the blues and then had a very sensual relationship. I genuinely agree with you right now, yeah. That's probably what happened. That makes the most sense. I'm going to choose to believe that Ma was just a straight-up kidnapper. She also toured and recorded with the Georgia Jazz Band. She wrote at least a third of her own songs, which I just told you, although most of Rainey's songs that mention sexuality refer to love affairs with men. Some of her lyrics contain references to lesbianism or bisexuality. According to the website QueerCulturalCenter.org that I found, the lyrics prefer to, uh, or refer, sorry, not prefer, to an incident in 1925 in which Rainey was arrested for taking part in an orgy at her home Hell yeah. involving women in her court. Oh my god. Wait, so... The political... <laughs> no, 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 go ahead. Go I on. just love that she was just straight up having an orgy. One of her songs, I guess, was like a cultural precursor to the lesbian cultural movement though, yeah. of the 1970s. That's why she began to crystallize around the performance and recording of lesbian affirming songs. Which I thought was really okay, cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, Lucille did the same thing. She had this one that still to this day is this very well-known song. It's called BD Woman's Blues. And the BD stands for Bull Dyke. That is the name of the song. Are you fucking kidding me? No, that's the name. Wait, does she She have- has a song that's titled Bo Weevil. Like B-O-W-I. E-E-V-I-L, blues. Is that a similar situation? What does it stand for? It's B-D, women's blues. And the B-D stands for bull, B-U-L-L, dyke, D-Y-K-E. And then she has my Georgia grind, coffee grindin' blues. Mr. Screwworm in trouble. Like, yeah, she's singing about some sex. Damn, dude. Oh, yeah, she's got some classy Whoa. titles. But yeah, so Ma Rainey definitely probably paved the way i would say for lucille oh 100 percent. at the time that this was all happening she had this ad that was running for one of her songs that embraced the gender bending outline in like her lyrics and it featured her in the video with a three-piece suit on mingling with women while the police officer like lurks around the corner and like watches them because it's illegal <laughs> and shit dude they're bad at it reminds me of like gangster culture of the 1920s where it's like there's such this rift like i mean 
mean, still, even to this day, oh my god, like, 80 years later, we're still, 100 years later, we're still dealing with cops killing black people, but there's this beef, right? And so this rebellion that she sets forth through this music, in this pain. And the crazy thing is that you have to think about, she's a woman, she's talking about something that's technically illegal at the time, women being with other women, and embracing being with other women she fucking put herself on the line people got killed over that shit and she was over here like i'm having orgies hey yeah i'm Mm, eating pussy mm, mm. and i'm gonna do it in public so you all know what's happening and then you're not gonna arrest me and i'm gonna write songs about it and get really rich which is like basically still what they do in hip-hop lol but remind me of when your chick just stopped making music 1935 dude wait is that when she stopped too i think something happened in 1935 i don't know what but i have the note she toured until 1935 when she largely retired from performing and continued to own slash manage three different theaters and performance spaces in her hometown of columbus georgia instead so she'd stopped touring altogether in 1935 what the fuck happened in 1935 did the war start what the fuck okay i'm gonna be honest i'm I'm just going to look up Bessie Smith and see when she stopped recording because... Do you think the war started or something? I don't know. What happened in 1935? Uh, The war, I think. A war? I mean, we're always at war. Another war. Just more wars. Another. I don't know when Bessie... It's too much reading and that would take too much time, but she did die in 1937. So something happened because they all just weirdly got eliminated from the playing field. Mercury moved into retrograde. Oh, probably. Yeah. She died of a heart attack in December of 1939, just four years after she stopped being in the scene. And I just have like a very little list of some of her attributes. She made it after the fact. Obviously, this was in like the 80s or 90s. She was led into both the Blues and Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, cool. That's awesome. As she should be. Yep. The uh, first annual Ma Rainey International Blues Festival was just held back in April of 2016. I believe it was in Alabama. Not I don't think it was in Georgia, but it might have been because that's where she was from. Okay. I think it is in Georgia now that I'm talking about it. I think it was in Georgia because I think it was by her like property where she lived and died or whatever. But yeah, so that's pretty fucking cool. She has like a music festival named after her and like celebrated in her honor. Angela Davis wrote that Rainey's songs are full of women who, quote, explicitly celebrate their right to conduct themselves as expansively and even as undesirably as men. Hell yeah. In her songs, she and other black women sleep around for revenge, drink, party all night, and generally live lives that, quote, transgress these ideas of white middle-class female respectability. The portrayals of black female sexuality, including those bucking heteronormative standards, fought ideas of what a woman should be and inspired Alice Walker in developing her characters for the fucking The Color Purple. straight up this whole this sanction of women that we're talking about were the inspiration for the characters in that whole situation well you have to think about it was not normal to talk about sex and be open about prostitution and want to drink and want to smoke well exactly i said that's literally my next bragging about sexual escapades was popular in men's songs at the time but for her to use these themes in her works established as her own like both fiercely independent and fearless and many have drawn connections between those 
those themes and like modern use of hip hop, which is what we just started, like Megan Stallion and Cardi B, take the pussy back, you know? Women are, for the longest time, they weren't looked at as wanting to have sex. They were having sex because the men wanted to have sex. That was such a thought back in the day. And it's like, okay, we need to get off too. I'm not here to like make you come. No thanks. Apparently she was also like a fashion icon. She wore like ostrich plumes and fucking satin gowns and like gold necklaces, diamond tiaras, gold teeth. Oh my God. Grills, dude. She wore grills. This bitch was dope. Yeah. This sounds very like early hip hop. (laughs) Like grills Dude, fucking yeah. you have to watch the, the movie back. on netflix i'm definitely gonna check out bessie on hbo too oh wait so there's one about bessie yeah too. there's a se- it's, i think it's a series on hbo that is centered around bessie and allegedly the chick who plays the character of ma rainey on that show won a fucking emmy it's a movie it's a two-hour movie oh my god fun maybe we'll just really get into the blues life today and i'll just watch a couple of those movies and- it's really good dude you will not regret cool. it. Cool. Well, yeah, so that's Ma Rainey. Yay. Well, that was fun. Ma Rainey's a badass. Okay, so here's the other thing that I was looking up vaguely. I don't know if you researched this at all with your chick, but like I was trying to figure out if I'm pretty sure Paramount owns her songs and they get all of the royalties from her music because she recorded under their label and then like she basically died. I don't think Paramount owns any of Lucille's work because I read something I don't remember which website it was on and it was very brief so I didn't read too much into it but it was something about how she took out her own not necessarily patents but yeah. she owned all the rights. The rights or whatever yeah the rights. Yeah. So she... That's the other thing. In the movie she's I'm pretty sure a cokehead because oh. like she's straight up addicted to Coca-Cola. There's this whole scene where she has this moment of like withdrawal and she's like if someone doesn't give me a fucking coke right now I'm literally gonna fucking kill someone my god and I was like why is she acting like that why is she acting like that and they were like because there's actual cocaine in there real coke she needs it yeah cool blues is fun I should listen to more blues it's really good music yeah Yeah. it's very relaxing but also it gets you thinking it really does what are you most looking forward to this week I guess weed's legal where you are and you can go to the dispensary so that's weed is legal in the whole state it is legal that's where we'll find you for the next I will just be camping out forever (laughs) in the car in the parking lot of the dispensary starting tomorrow the place near my house which is 0.6 miles away so that is so close we'll sell recreational marijuana all right well uh hey i'm excited for you to be excited about that cheers my friend let's do this again soon oh that was so gorgeous have you been practicing pretty good cheers See our corresponding Instagram posts for any additional resources, or feel free to reach out to our direct email at untoldhistory, spelled H-I-G-H-S-T-O-R-Y, at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Like, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram.